Welcome to the Design Alchemy podcast, where we look behind the veil of the design industry. I'm Billy. And I'm Dimi, and we will be discussing and deconstructing the great work of visual communication and symbolism, and how they affect our culture. So, um, today we want to we wanna talk about something maybe controversial, maybe interesting, hopefully both, um, in something that we call uh, the design proletariat, which is a term that kind of emerged out of a, a longer conversation between me and Demi. And kind of launching into this subject is um, some, some sites, uh, bidding sites, for example, uh, uh, Upwork and Fiverr. And so some some say that they are they are kind of a, a good entry gateway to the design and freelancing industry, providing kind of accessible opportunities for young designers to start off their careers. However, others uh, claim that they're filled with, and this is a quote. We'll leave the article in the show notes. They are refuge for the underqualified and technicians masquerading as professionals. At best, they represent a frustrating front page of the design industry that cheap clients seek to take advantage of. At worst, they are unethical platforms that exploit their users. That's a that's a mouthful, um, but it's a good one. Kind of wrapping up what what we're going to talk about. So, launching into this, we're going to talk about the term a lot that's called the proletariat, which is a central uh, kind of s- subject within uh, Marxism, Marxist theory. And uh, let's do, do which. What do you say? Then? Should, should we break this down for the listeners who might not be super familiar with this term? Yeah. So. Um... There are many ways that this term is used, like the most official and the most, uh, you know, uh, economically uh, accurate is that proletariats are a class of people uh, that don't don't own um, means of productions. And what they do is they exchange their labor for money uh, in order to survive. So they're the people who get the salary. So... This does not have uh, very accurate class connotations in in contemporary society. I think in in the way in the way that we used to we used to have just proletariats and uh, the bourgeois, uh, basically, uh, which was which was an accurate representation of of uh, the last centuries or uh, the the one before uh, of of how uh, how society is organized. Now we have this um, working class, middle class, upper class, and higher upper class here in the UK, uh, the royals and and all that, right. um, which is slightly more indicative of the the type of life one one is leading. In, in traditional Marxism, you could be uh, a bank manager making hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, per year, but if if you're employed, you're still you're you're, you're still a proletariat. Uh, while you could be a small shop owner, uh, having your own means of production and making you know um, a fifth of what a banker makes, and and you're a bourgeois. So. Um, Back in the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, um, the, the the quality of life of of these two classes was so far apart that they, they were one and the same. So now I think, like in te- in terms of design, the design proletariat is is connected to to two things. One one is quality of quality of wages. I would say the the, the amount of the amount of money people get for their work. And the other, the other is their hmm, craftsman craftsmanship, mm-hmm. like the approach that we have in in what the um, the quote says as um, underqualified or technicians masquerade as professionals. There is this implicit idea that there is um, there is a, a a certain a certain line that when when you cross you're a professional before you cross it you're not uh which is right. which is interesting by itself mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's a, there's a lot to unpack there and this is why we feel like it's so interesting and kind of want to dedicate the whole episode and who knows maybe further episodes we'll see um i mean so so, so there's a lot to break down there in the, in the kind of the, the the proletariat analogy but that, hence it, it's so interesting that even 200 years later and then specifically sewn in on, on design uh, there there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of similarities and 
and even though so much has changed in a way so little has changed in a, in a way also uh so so there's uh so, so you, have, you have you have a struggle between two classes and and there's uh there's the the, the kind of uh, the the wage earners uh selling their, their cheap labor to, to to a class almost overseas because there are there are um there are numbers indicating that most uh, buyers, so clients on Fiverr are, are from the UK and the US or Western countries, and most sellers, so designers or design proletariats, are are from uh, from Nigeria and Africa and more more so-called underdeveloped economies. Um, so that's that's something, and maybe just if you're not familiar with Fiverr or these gig gig uh, bidding sites, they are they're, they're what they are. They're bidding sites for for designers and sellers, where where someone who has a design project of some some sort can can announce it, and then people or designers or design proletariat uh, uh, bid for earning earning this earning this uh, piece of work so to say so it's a, it's a project based piece of work worth noticing is also that uh, Fiverr today is worth almost 1 billion dollars uh, and they take a very wow. high fee they take uh, 20% of the seller's revenue and they've also been kind of renowned for having a lack of oversight and as well to many things of like like copyright or uh, abuse and different things um so you know looking at this almost from a from the context of gig economy like uber eats uh, or the, the kind of the delivery the, the temporary short 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 jobs um that's kind of you know the, the airbnb or uber type of workforce uh you know this uh, it's a this is a very strange new but it's an interesting place that's also doesn't have any regulating bodies and that's also could be quite problematic for for design uh, we do want to point out that we don't want to bash fiber as a as a isolated example we think that it's a symptom of a much bigger kind of disease or problem or 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 phenomena maybe um like it, it's kind of it's indicative of a new emergence of class of design designers um that and class within a marxist perspective that is um so let's see here some of the things that we or do, do you have anything anything to add besides that i it's really tempting to 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 read into into the quote that we read specifically mm-hmm. so um there is a meta analysis in in this type of reading that uh, definitely if if we're not going to discuss it today at least um at least put an asterisk and and create uh you know uh, perhaps a part 3 of of this uh of this conversation is there are people now um ha- having a business from uh creating a business out of out of enabling people to leave uh, this design proletariat and become like they, they sell emancipation mm. in, in some way. So uh, there's a good chance that uh, people who offer uh, design education or a business education or hints and tips or who are influencers, it's it's a very tempting promise to this design proletariat mm. that they can be emancipated, they can leave the the chains of Fiverr and Upwork and all these uh, mm. or mediocre work in general. They 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 are they are in a sense um, a source of imposter syndrome in order to solve the cure to imposter syndrome and um, and and low low paid work. So there is a meta analysis. I, I'm I'm not sure if this, the the specific writer writing about this um, is offering uh, some uh, is is profiteering from uh, from the idea that it it is shameful to be underqualified or to be a technician and that people should uh, get away from it. Like there's there's definitely a reading that we can do on this. Mm-hmm. And this is this is also something to be remarked. And the other is, it, it's interesting that you mentioned Uber because I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of um, Formula One. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that Formula One drivers feel uh, um, challenged by the emergence of you know several hundreds of right. thousands or hundreds of millions of people working for Uber as drivers. Mm-hmm. There is there is this idea that eventually 
this is this is more um this is more of an opportunity for people to to make a living and that should be respected and the idea is, is how we decide to incorporate it in our business like how do we as a design society cope with the idea that there are some people who are now un, um, relatively unskilled and untrained they have access to our own resources so designers usually don't don't care if you know if uh, if people become uber drivers um pizza delivery people or any any other uh vertical but now it's it's very um we're very quick to to point out that uh because we're the ones directly um threatened by this mm. so i i need this deserves a mention um yeah yeah it's a good one it also makes me think there was actually a, a curious case kind of don't want to go too far into the uber analogy but in sweden actually uh my my home abode uh that the taxi union when when uber was first introduced on the market in sweden the taxi union started kind of a lengthy process of uh trying to ban it and they were somewhat successful in the sense that the cheapest uber i believe it's uber x i think is the the, the one above uber pool but so I do believe neither of those still to this day doesn't exist in Sweden. It's only these more expensive Uber executive or these luxury cars. So there is actually no real Uber in Stockholm because the taxi uh, kind of, the workers union for, for taxi drivers put a stop to that. So you could, if you want to put another analogy on that, is are the taxi drivers in this analogy, the kind of traditionally skilled Western designers who are kind of, you know, looking down at these uh, so-called unskilled unskilled uh, uh, crafts people yeah design output makers labor like a manual labor doers that's a, that's kind of an interesting thought to look at but something else that popped up in my mind is another key component of the proletariat is the is the fact that that as a, they have a class consciousness uh, and therefore they, they they kind of in the theory at least accept their own exploitation as inevitable that, that this is just how it is so that's that's you know that's a hard that's a tough pill to swallow me i mean do what do you think is is this inevitable is 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 this just a kind of free market and we could launch into something about morality as well here as well i mean is is this a moral or you mentioned also import export when we when we talked a little bit uh, before the recording what do you think well i i do think i do think that there are, there are some some phenomena which are symptoms of the approach that we have right now like uber and upwork they're all created by western societies in order to import cheap labor in into their projects into their client base so this is this is some some people might read this as as an opportunity for underprivileged designers to get their work uh shown in in the western world and 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 get more um, more work out of that. It doesn't. It doesn't look like like that. I think. I think opportunities like Behance or Creative Pool or other um, platform giving uh, sites are more valuable to an, uh, a good designer coming from an underprivileged. Mm uh society to to find to find some good some good employment right there it's if you have a, a good behance portfolio and um and you live in uh nigeria and and somebody uh some somebody from argentina wants to do a packaging design because they they liked what what they saw in in your profile like your your opportunities for a good collaboration for a less exploitative relation um better payment like this is this is very very helpful and mm. um that definitely makes sense the other thing is so the 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 success of upwork and uh, and fiverr make it um really tempting and really uh really unavoidable to have the the type of mm-hmm. the type of uh work that we see in a sense what what um upwork and what fiverr create i think is 
buyers. It's the buyers that um, that are constantly created, and this is this is where this is where all the marketing and all all the work uh, Upwork and Fiverr put uh, mm-hmm. goes. Like they want to to establish the idea to the buyer to the to the small uh, to the small agency that needs to outsource or to the small client that needs to uh, to do it that they can do it for cheap. So I think there's, there's a more, a moral challenge there. And, mm-hmm. uh, we, we need to, we need to be discussing this more as, as a community, not, not right. Yeah. It is it's something to be said for that because you could also just, just notice that they have become at a relatively short amount of time, this platform is hugely successful by implementing some of the kind of freemium models. And what I, what I mean by that, that you know, that uh, it's free to have a Fiverr account, but when you eventually sell something, they take 20%. And for at Upwork, for example, I do know that they charge for connects. Mm-hmm. So what you use a connect to build on a project, I think, something similar like that. I, I only briefly investigated the platform myself. Um, so it's, you know, they've obviously found a very lucrative business model um, to kind of take advantage or exploit, even depending on your kind of moral stance on this, to this emergence of of, of people, and and also as you said, the buyers that there's a yeah there's a there's a import export factor in, in the sense that the buyers are usually Western and the, the designers are are not. Right. So the the main the main thing the main thing um, I, I want to emphasize here is is that. I don't necessarily think that uh, buyers buyers that um, turn to Fiverr are or to Upwork are are bad clients. Like I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I do. I do find the well, sorry. How would you define a bad client? In a, is this for for so this is sake? Uh, this was the uh, I think it was. Cheap clients was the cheap. part. Mm. Cheap clients was the quote. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't necessarily think that every project, every person has um, is is worthy of uh, the time and resources of you know Pentagram in, in order to be. Right. Okay, so mm-hmm. there's, uh, if you if you're doing your Christmas party for your accounting friend, right. <laughs> and and you want some invitations, there's definitely yeah. uh, hiring Mike Beirut might be a little overkill for precise for <laughs> precisely. So there's this question uh, of of uh, of value. Uh, of perceived value and and resources uh, that needs to be taken into account. There is a trend right now um, that is um, of value-based pricing and and charging mm, uh, right. charging a, a livable yes or or mm. not and and charging mm. a livable um, or sustainable amount of amount of money from um, you know for your work um, which is very uh, very very important. Uh, but it it's pushed by two different forces. So one force is um, that it makes us feel good when we can charge uh, high and we can, uh, you know, s- sort of become um, recognized and valuable in the community. Like everybody, everybody aspires to be to be the top firm, to, to get the, the award, to do all that. But there's also, there's also this push uh, in, in our societies uh, that things, in inflation makes things more expensive um, and we need to, to be able to sustain ourselves in order to do, uh, to do stuff. So what is happening is external forces are forcing us to only accept higher pay paying work uh, in order mm. in order to survive like there's there's no way for a western um a western designer to um focus on on producing uh you know branding work for for a small bakery in uh in the midwestern american mm. town right um and this is this is 
curious like i i see this i see this coming from greece like there's uh where where my cost uh cost of life here in the uk is is like three or four times higher mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's really hard when people from my past experience and uh, my past life in greece contact me for design work i i cannot even um i, I don't even dare quote them because I know that right, the, wow. the amount of money that I need in order to survive here, they're they're beyond these people's mm-hmm. means, uh, even if they have established businesses and all that. So it's much cheaper for a person to hire to hire a professional designer full time mm-hmm. uh, for three four months rather than just invest in a one-time project. So they can they can actually, like with the, the amount of money I would need, they can hire someone in the payroll uh, permanently. And that's a better, um, that's a better uh, investment for them. So mm-hmm. the, the, question, the question now is, if we keep, if society pushes us to, to go in this direction, what should, all the other people do. What should the small bakeries in the midwestern towns do? So they they have to they have to rely on this. So we must we must appreciate the external. Like it's it's really it's really easy to say cheap clients, but the you know if if what the client can can offer is five hundred dollars mm. because that's what they can do. And and we push ourselves into working with a, you know, as we go, we work with the national brands, we work with the international brands. Mm-hmm. Like we we want to take a chunk of the bigger problems out there. Then that's also part to blame for for what is what is going. Yeah, on. yeah. I mean, I mean, when you say this, it kind of makes me wonder. Rather than cheap, has it got to do with a mismatch of expectation or mismatch between client and buyer? Or, I mean, seller and buyer, client and designer. I mean, in the, in the sense that kind of sometimes on YouTube or by our favorite kind of point of talking about the future, talk a lot about cheap or bad clients, difficult clients who want endless revisions and kind of don't know what they want. Don't trust you as a designer over the shoulder designing that they, they you know, there's, there's all these kind of almost memes or tropes about, mm. about that. But you could just wonder if that's, uh, you know, it's a it's a relationship that could have worked, yeah. But but there was there's been mismatch of expectations, a mismatch of design knowledge, a mismatch of different things, rather than that the one is cheap or bad in, the, in, in either the buyer or the designer. In, in a way, it just makes me makes me wonder about that. But what it also makes me think about is that in in the proletariat analogy, Marx says that it's inevitable that the proletariat will will uh, will uh, have a revolution and overturn the system. And one thing that I think I wonder about uh, is will the revolution come by technology? So, for example, I saw um, uh, I think it was Brian Collins, the famous Collins agency uh, founder, talked about I think it was their the redesign for Dropbox, and he mentions in there uh, uh, something he saw. I don't even know if it was Adobe or, but it was he he looked at some some very sophisticated new design tools, uh, AI and machine learning driven uh, that can generate. Uh, what we would call kind of low-level output layout compositions in a, in a flat, in the blink of an eye. All of them aren't great, but they were good enough to kind of look at ten on a, on a wall and I oh, will pick that one. That that will do. So the kind of what I wonder is, which kind of will will kind of auto-generated design kind of you know we touched upon this in the previous episode about design education might have been in the first one as well. Kind of Canva and these kind of automation tools. Will this eventually? replace both the junior designer in the West and what, what will it, what will happen to the design proletariat? Um, I, I think I will, I will show some more of my um, red colors in here. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I feel, I feel right. I am a Marxist uh, in, in economical terms. And there's, there's this great need to separate um, Marx, the economist from Marx, the politician. So he mm. was both. Right. Um, and uh, most Marxists ag- agree on the on the economical analysis that Marx has given the world. Mm-hmm. 
um, the segregation into classes, the idea of surplus, surplus value and who, who benefits from it and the idea of um, uh, redistribution of wealth. But with Marx, the politician, um, you know, there's, there's this evidence that, you know, uh, socialist, Marxist, communist parties are, are split in, in 10 million, uh, 10 million yeah, factions, different, yeah. different factions, basically around the idea of what, what is necessary, if anything is necessary to, to produce this desired revolution. I, I think it's, uh, it's going to be the same in design. Like there, uh, we might have, um, uh, a revolution by, the emancipation uh, of designers with with new tools. There might be a more gradual, more Keynesian uh, third way of socialism type of approach with uh, a more gradual um, way that we invest in in design education and we invest that mm-hmm. you know eventually in all parts of the world people will have access to to good design. Uh, practice and good design principles and eventually you know everybody is going to be uh, doing their worth um we might we might get into more um i think i think it's an actually more likely scenario that perhaps perhaps the financial the financial and economical um model changes before the design uh the design discipline and and we just you know we might live in a society where um commerce is so is so different that all of what we're doing is just going to be for personal expression or art or um things like that there's there is this uh brand i i think it's canadian um, that they have uh, basically removed all branding and logos from from their. It's a supermarket brand, so it's it's all yellow with black letters, and um, um, you know the cornflakes packaging is just you know a yellow box with black ah, okay. letters that says cornflakes. And um, this postmodernist uh, deconstruction of of the idea of brand and commerce and uh, supermarkets mm-hmm. even. Like, um, we have to find out the link in the show notes. Uh, it's, it's a, yes, absolutely. Interesting case. We, we will link to that. So while it's interesting to, to be conscious uh, shakers and movers of, of our community, if I had to, to bet some money on, on what is going to happen is I, I foresee that the market will change before we change. Mm. Right. So, so you do. So, but so you do. You would also agree that maybe there's. A, it's not a if. It's when these platforms might either collapse or change drastically. But it would. It would be from what do you say? Be even bigger kind of forces. financial yes. bigger yes. bigger forces than 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 tech or or the, what do you say? Software automation. Yes, I think. I think. Do you think there's any any um, I mean for, force of push pull in 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 the or in in, in the I believe AI I, thing or I, be, I believe there are internal forces yes absolutely and I think AI is a virtual reality and mm. oh my god especially these two were combined mm. that would be um, that would be a huge game changer. Uh, I believe there is, you know, design education is pulling is pulling some some things in there. And when I mean education, I don't just mean universities and academ- academia, but also influencers, um, small course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you're seeing this kind of. I don't know if there's a there's a class in education, but you have the kind of the design influencers as well. I mean, the Instagrammers who offer everything from master classes. I mean, who are they are they cost money, but compared yeah. to a university education, they're very, very right. affordable. And they're Skillshare. gonna teach you. Yeah, Skillshare, exactly. You and me. I I'm even on, I mean, I did a Black Friday. Uh, so I bought I only bought courses on Black Friday. <laughs> very, very contemporary of me. Uh, but uh, even our awards, the the, the kind of known uh, um, digital space for websites and stuff have their own uh, V Academy now uh, where the, so I, I for my impression of course, very, very high quality courses and it's on sale. They were for like 25 pounds. Uh, so, so very, very accessible. So there are just yes, the bigger scope of design education. Definitely. It's gonna, it's gonna 
hopefully change things up because do I, you, do we agree in the sense that education in some form or, or being having access to to more her high level thinking but more some of the points we discussed in the in the design education episode between the crafters or output makers and and thinkers that they're going to need i mean for example you rarely would see kind of strategy projects on fiverr for example uh yep. in, in, do, do 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 you think that, that that could be could be something that i mean this education modern forms of education could uh, could help no, because that's the thing. Like education, education is just going to move. Um, is just going to move people in in the thinker. Uh, so let's say you draw a line in the sand, and um, on on one one hand you have um, the proletariats, and on one hand you have the design bourgeoisie, which is mm-hmm. the um, the thinkers, the um, the cool. Uh, well uh, qualified people anyway in and in, in what the, the quote um the quote says the, the the thing is that no matter how many people that you're going to get to the other side to from 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 the proletariat to the bourgeoisie the need for production is going to create even more, uh, is going to fill this gap with more and more and more. And if if we manage to, if we manage, so perhaps perhaps we need both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one idea is is that if we manage to pull enough people from the proletariat side to the bourgeoisie side. Um, then artificial intelligence is going to to be uh, filling the gap that the formers mm-hmm. make, right? Uh, because because the need the need for craft is there; it's existent. And right now, we're we're advocating in our communities that if 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 you're a Western designer and and you're involved in craft. You should be ashamed. This is something right. for other people mm. in, in uh, less privileged parts of the world to do. Shame on you for doing this menial work that you can mm. uh, outsource. That you can right. We 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 have we have UX frameworks and customer journey maps that are much much more of an elevated design activity. Yes. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Trophy. Absolutely. So. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those, but just just to kind of articulate a uh, kind of um, I I don't have this view myself, but yeah, that's that's kind of the well, that's uh, a, a meme here. Yeah, but this is this is important to understand. This is this is why I put the asterisk in the beginning. That I agree. I agree that uh, the global the you know global geopolitical situation creates creates a class of underprivileged people but i also have to point that um the reduction of some people to you know as as underqualified technicians masquerade as professionals yes uh, again even if the person who wrote that is is not directly profiteering from that there's definitely there's definitely money to be made by mm. instigating this thought um to a younger dimi who was in greece and mm. he he had to decide if if he would stay with um if he would stay for, for with the uh with the underclass or if he could pay a premium to to mm. if he could pay four thousand euros a year to get in a good design school and and join the the pro, you know the the proud bourgeoisie who um, who works on you know high highly sophisticated problems and complicated economies. I I don't I don't think there's an easy answer to that. I just think mm. that. If we have a more detailed perspective of the problem, and we don't deal with maxims, and we don't, um, uh, we're not quick to shame, or we're not quick to point the um, the finger I, of judgment. Or... Yeah, I, I think I think, um, and again, I'm showing my Marxist colors again. 
the the idea that mobility um, is overpronounced in in our society right now. That it's easy. It's easy. It's, Sorry, do you mean something like hustle culture or uh, or what? Do you have an example? No, um, I, I mean like um, in in Western society right now and lib- the, the the liberal world. There is this idea that if if you really put your mind into it, you can change class. If if you really, right. really yeah, but that that okay, sorry, that's kind of what I meant by hustle culture. That like if, yeah, if if there's a will, there's a way. Kind of kind of. Uh, oh right, yes, okay, okay. Like that, if you just hustle, if you just work hard enough, if you just work enough, there you you'll you'll get there. Yes, yes, okay, okay, okay my, cool. my bad. Yeah, my bad. no, no, then, then we mean the same thing. Um. So. For me, this is not this is not so much self-evident. And while I believe there is some truth in you know improving yourself and, and getting better, I I recognize I recognize that there are definitely strings attached from the very complicated world that we are living. Uh, I'm not I'm I'm not saying there's a council of people uh, creating uh, you know. Um, Cheap labor in in Nigeria right. and uh, um, you know uh, just on a design bourgeoisie with top hats smoking right, cigars right, in right, their right. room the, making the, plans. The, monopo- yeah. the monopoly men of right. uh, the monopoly men of, of the monopoly designer yeah yes of the design space I, uh, but I think it's imperative it's it's a moral imperative when when we have an opinion and and when we share and 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 when we share our thoughts on this and we we especially when we give advice to other people that we keep um a sophisticated uh non binary um model of the world and try to try to try to contain the polarization uh, right that we create Perhaps something to be said about empathy. Uh, I mean, in, 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 for people's souls of circumstances, living circumstances, and the fact that everybody starts somewhere. And right. as you rise through the ranks of design, it's really easy to forget about that. Um, you know, we spoke about that earlier a bit about how interns tend to be treated and stuff like that. Um, but another thing that I, I, I thought, think is quite interesting, again, going back to Fiverr, but as an interesting polarizing example here is that in the article that we linked to is that they, they mentioned a, a, um, a, uh, a commercial from Fiverr where, where so I'll, I'll describe you what, what the screenshot is. So it's a, it's a woman in a, in a, what looks like a funky design studio. So the, the, there's a, there's a kind of neon sign in the background that says pretentious boutique studio. And then there's yeah. funky furniture with moose horns on it. And so, so it's this kind of trope of what a expensive, design studio yep. uh, might look like. So they, they, they are, Fiverr has actually branded themselves. So this becomes kind of meta also as the kind of emphasis to that. So, and also the, the article author uh, speculates that it's also to, to keep uh, more, what do you say, expensive designers away from their platform and kind of not destroying their nice little um, re- relationship they have, they have going here. So uh, I think that's just quite, quite a, in how Fiverr itself does branding and very purposely even the name fiber i mean in in, in uk slang a fiber yeah. is a, a five pound bill I, I don't know if that's the actual origin story of it yeah but, uh, that's yeah. that's it like it's um it's the same in in the us and dollars basically i think right or maybe it is yes but that's the thing like i i don't i don't think anybody in this conversation is who they claim to be. I think I think this is a deeply political conversation. So we have to understand that every opinion and every um every input in this is political and is driven is driven by personal uh, a personal agenda. I don't think that if, if Fiverr claims that this is this is bringing um visibility to to the underprivileged uh, designers and it's a it's an entry gateway to design. Um, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think there are much much better solutions. I again I highlighted Behance. Not not that I I love Adobe or something something like that. They're um, they they have a role to play in this. But the idea the idea of um, 
there are many blogs that um uh, they 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 like to to find obscure obscure work from um really talented designers that don't have many opportunities mm-hmm. and um well it, it's hard it's hard to find like the, the, the definition of being obscure means that you know you don't have many opportunities but there's some investigative uh, journalism in that you know we we want to share um, we want to share the good work that is done all over the world, no matter where from. Um, I so to to read this back, like there, I don't think I don't think that Fiverr or Upwork or all these platforms are really what they claim to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't agree with. Um, the the other side of the spectrum, which says, you know, this is just you know, um, this is just cheap clients and poor poorly qualified uh, technicians. Uh, on the other hand, like I think there's an agenda there. So, so so I mean that's that's a little bit kind of the Chris Doe argument. Yes. I, in a way, yeah, this, these are these are quote unquote bad bad clients, and you need to elevate yourself and your business and or your freelancing to get away from them kind of like a suggesting like a tier tier system in client well i i i think uh, i think there's this is precisely it i i think we need to understand that chris makes million millions out of this precise mm-hmm. um this precise messaging so it's we have to divide this message by uh, by the the amount of personal gain uh, that that uh, exists from propagating that like this i i think that as as demi and uh, as as a part of this intelligent conversation i, I think our responsibility is to 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 give nuance to to the simplicity and uh, uh, the clickbaity um, things that are thrown around. Mm. I definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, because there's, I, I mean, I can't, I can't get away from this kind of thought of of mismatch. Uh, I mean, kind, kind of, you know, matching someone in the UK with, with a designer from Nigeria or whatever. So, I mean, that, that could work perfectly fine, but on a platform like Fiverr, I can't get away from that, the fact that there seems to be a kind of a mismatch of, uh, of, of mismatch of many things. And so, so what I'm kind of thinking of is, is there... Um, is there a, uh, I mean, in, in developing economies, obviously they are developing. So there's a lot of things developing and for example, a design industry. So, so it, it, it's the fact also that there is, you know, clients from a mature design climate. So something like the UK, something like, I mean, even Sweden, maybe even Greece, maybe the US bringing in cheap labor from a immature design um if you what I mean by immature, that it might not be that you know the, these bad well clients. Yeah. Sorry. Well compensated and refined. Yes. 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 And 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 kind of you know obviously they, they, you could talk about multinational companies. You, you could talk about all the kind of you know the kind of cluster of of digital creative agencies that pitch to these competing against each other and pitch to these. So that's what I mean. That would be a very mature design market that there's many players in very niche and specialized. Um, Kind of uh, spheres of design com- competing for, for for I mean a fair share of work, but well, whilst some somewhere like maybe Nigeria, I mean obviously going from assumption here, but there, there, there might not be as as much to to go around. So um, yeah, that's that's just something kind of that relationship feels off to me. There's, I I think there's there's a way to refine the message um, that. It doesn't sound as sexy, but on the other hand, it's much more accurate. Mm-hmm. You can you can say to a young designer that lives in the UK and they need to be they need to be making thirty thousand pounds a year in order to survive. Mm-hmm you can point them in the direction of bigger clients because the clients you're getting right now, they're not going to be able to support your financial situation at the moment. But yep. this, this is much different than it's, it's bad. You're, you're doing something bad if 
if you're solving small problems, you have a cheap mentality, mm. uh, you have, um, you, you're limiting yourself, you have limiting beliefs and all that. Mm. There's a, there's a, um, there's a financial case and this would, this would be the advice. This is the advice I'm, I'm giving to myself. And this would be the advice I'm, I'm, I'm giving to many people that I, I, I know in the UK or the U S that are struggling financially is, is that they're, they're fishing, they're, they're fishing in the, the wrong lake. But this has to do with the, the societal pressures that they feel and the, the amount of money they need to be making in, in order to do this. And this is more of a pragmatist uh, approach rather than, uh, rather than glorifying uh, the, the type of solutions or the, the, you know, um, make, making it a, a sign of self-worth that. I, I'll give you an example. There might Please. be, there might be um, an, uh, a carbon copy of myself right now in Nigeria. Like there might be uh, the same, the same guy, the same design sensibilities, the same background, the same qualifications, same quality of work, and, and even the same, the same type of designer needs. So this person is going to be making uh, a tenth or or less than i'm making in a year because they they live in a society where the um, uh, both the cost of living and the amount uh, available uh, uh, for his clients to be spending is going to be um, proportionate it's going to be pretty much the same mm -hmm. thing so it's good advice for this person that has this, these specific skills uh, to point them in the direction that there might be bigger clients, or there might, you know, your your current skills are not represented well by just fishing in the lake that you're you're going for. Yeah, and what's really interesting about that touches upon both the one thing we talked about before the song and dance of portfolios which you need to land bigger bigger clients but also some of these kind of uh you know framework or is this this kind of more almost conceptual or intellectual approach to design or or, or it could just be you know the, the awareness of buzzwords uh, which typically these this type this class of designers might not have access to but they are getting access to now with some of the some of the new uh, uh you know online educators at least and uh, yeah it's going to be interesting to see in the long run what kind of happens happens there because as you said there, there's a new kind of intermediary class between these two who profit from you know reaching out as you said the, the helping hand of lifting these up out of emancipation so that has enabled some of some of the instagram designers influencer designers youtube designers who offer uh, kind of a helping hand out of there yeah absolutely i, I think i i think it it and it creates it creates a, a very a very disorganized like a very scattered uh, small many classifications of many classifications many small classifications of designers in the world in the end like there's it's definitely more detailed than than we would like to um, to conceptualize it as. That's 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 my that's my main. Uh, yeah, that I mean, there's more motives and stuff going on behind the scenes. Oh yes, so Absol yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it can be useful to to kind of yeah uh, follow the money or don't don't listen to what people say. Look at what they do uh, in in some 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 instances. Yes. So um, um, the thing, the thing is um, that I mean, I, I mean, worth, worth sorry, worth mentioning that I do think some of these and uh, some people I know personally come from a, from a good place that they want to help. They, you know, something like myself, I really enjoy helping. If I can give advice to anyone that might help them, that's fine. So uh, no, no way suggesting that everyone is is in. <laughs> what do you say? Have a hidden agenda? But I, I, I do, I do recognize that probably some do. So I. Do I I think I think uh, the, the word hidden agenda might be might be um, you know too strong of a characterization. But right. everyone everyone has biases. I would say that we need to be mindful of, and everyone everyone is prone 
to everyone everyone is not prone but everyone is tempted to simplify in order mm. in 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 order for right. the, the opinion to to go out in a in a more yeah. flashy flashy i mean especially on something like youtube or instagram right precisely so, yeah um, much simplification so i what i'm what i'm suggesting is everybody comes from a good place i think mm-hmm. uh well okay not everybody but many people come from a good place so okay. uh i'm 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 not judging i'm i'm just um basically suggesting suggesting adopting a more uh a more nuanced approach just to make sure that we cover all the bases so in the in the case of the, the nigerian dimi fiverr fiverr is a terrible place because uh they could be focusing they could be focusing on um you know their 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 idea on behance or creative pool or other like uh, um i would say um other avenues and channels of being seen in the global scene um that would that would make more uh, design and financial sense to them rather than mm-hmm. um rather than getting cheap uh cheap assignments but there's there's definitely this need for cheap assignments and i don't think that eradicating fiverr or upwork or uh or nigerian designers um is going to make the clients turn to uh um turn to a uh, to pentagram for mm. their um accountant's christmas uh birthday, right. christmas party no i, I again the, the overkill or the, i mean there there you could talk about a financial mis- mismatch i mean in terms of what, what pentagram also charges so that, that there's a that that relationship would just never work um I think this 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 approach that you know just this existence is the only source of cheap clients is naive like mm-hmm. the the race to the bottom as as something as something that people can avoid is is a problem uh yeah i mean because there's there's something to be said about i mean again mature mature uh uh context or places so i know a design teacher I had way way back said something like everything in this industry or not but again a simplification but just from something a lot in this industry is coincidences and one thing a really crucial thing is to be at a place where lots of coincidences happen so to just you know expose yourself to coincidences happening because there's, there's a lot of nepotism going on and you know that's just human nature i think in a way um that you want to recommend people that are close to you or whatever tribalism uh, Travelers, exactly, sure. Uh, um, so, so, so there's something to be said for that. And uh, places that doesn't have as much coincidences, coincidences happening organically because it's just a more immature design market. Um, yeah, this, uh, as you say, that just you know work harder or do more, more is 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 not necessarily gonna gonna solve that um that problem so there's something to be said so someone like christo maybe who who who, who we both like in into in, in, in certain ways uh he, he might be what do you say blind uh-huh. <laughs> his agency's name might be blind to his own uh how much coincidence there is around him how much opportunity there is around him and so you could also say yeah but just move to where there's more opportunity well sure that works in the u.s but maybe not in nigeria or i know I, uh, yeah, trying to think of something as a remote village somewhere else. So, so I mean, kind of. I, I do believe this is a little bit to your point, also that some of these people who are propagating this, the message of find better clients are almost blind to their own. Uh, I, would, I, would, I, would, I don't want to use the word privilege, but their own kind of uh, their own situation where there is almost an abundance of of uh, of uh, opportunities or, or coincidences to use the, the previous. Uh, kind of uh, quote there what do you think yeah i i agree 100% i think i think it uh, this this idea has been summarized by um a hungarian uh, network scientist that i really appreciate uh, albert laszlo barabashi he's written a book called the the formula um he he studies success and he is given um uh, a very uh, exciting talk in new york university that we will link on the description as well yeah 
uh, which is which is his basic his basic idea is that um, ex- exposure to powerful networks is is much more likely uh, to to propagate your work rather than mm-hmm. pure skill. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good actually because it actually reminds me a lot about what Malcolm Gladwell talks about in Outliers. I don't know if you read that one. I haven't. Yeah, I mean, okay, but just super, super con- con- condensed is that the fact that, you know, he talks about that kind of self-made man is a bit of a myth and that the, the truth behind success lies uh, and the fact that people become the best in their field is often a series of like lucky events, rare opportunities and other external factors that are out of control. So one of the things he mentioned up in the book is Canadian uh, ice hockey, for example. So he found... How, so to, to not make it too, that long, too long story, the best players tend to be born in the same s- span of months. So it comes down to uh, to to you know birthday because then they're drafted to to lead to to the kind of junior leagues which which were beneficial to them because they were they they were a bit bigger than the other kids. I mean, must physically bigger and had more time to train, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he, 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 he traces these down to a lot of very interesting points. And that's just one example. This is a really good book. I I really, really uh, can recommend it. And it touches upon that, that point as well. But how, I mean, I don't know if I want to bash the kind of self, because I, I do, I do believe in, in social mobility. That's something I've been, uh, I mean, I I, I, you, I don't know if you want to call it naive or, or something, but I, as a more showing my colors here, more of a uh, more of a, a, a proponent for for uh, free markets, uh, and 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 I, I don't want to say the, the the liberal necessary, but that comes with so much uh, uh, <laughs> luggage. But um, yeah. Uh, I, I, there's some I, I don't want to totally throw away that maybe there's a you know there's a interplay between the two uh, that's you know it's almost like nature nurture in a way uh, mm. kind of thing in, in sociology. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think there's the, the there's the middle way of of the Stoics where right um, where you essentially uh, you essentially you're judged by the way that you're dealt your cards in life, mm. but you have also be able to accept that you're dealt uh, a certain amount of mm. cards in, in, in life. Right. So, and acknowledging the fact that people are dealt very different cards. Yes. Yes. And, and also understanding that sometimes you have no, sometimes you have no control of the cards you're dealt with. Um, mm-hmm. I've been watching, I've been, I've been watching a few, uh, a few um, conversations with, uh, uh, with Christopher Hitchens uh, mm. yeah. of, of, of the, the months before, b- before he died uh, for, for people who don't know him, Christopher Hitchens is a, uh, um, is a journalist, um, very, uh, very much of a, of a free thinker uh, and a proponent of uh, free speech that um, died of cancer in 2010, and it was a very sudden thing. He um, there was there was I think no more than a year and a half from the time uh, he oh, wow. learned about it until the time he died, and the the amount of and this is a card you you're dealt and there's no self-determination in mm. uh there's no self-determination in uh in cancer but there's there's lots of self-determination and how how you deal with that oh, and yes and and how you decide to live the the rest of your life with it so i think there's a very much uh, of a stoic approach yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i really like that actually uh, and so it's a kind of to, to wrap up that analogy the card analogy. So there's some people who have really great cards in life, have a very good poker face. Yes. If you see what I mean, that they, they are very good at uh, holding their cards and not showing what cards they actually have. I mean, they, they, I recognize that a lot of people, Christo, you know, said, you know, so he's very much, you know, uh, he, he worked very hard in his life, but mm-hmm. you, you know, it would be stupid to, to ignore uh, the context and circumstances where that hard work happened and who that that the work you know, he, he produced, who it was for, etc. But so, okay, but so to do we want to do we want to say something about like uh, 
well, what happens next or what, what are they to do? Is there any conclusion here? Um, I'm, I'm not sure personally. Um, I think that the more, the more I get to the, uh, I get to the spirit of the conversation is that it seems to me that the, the, the problem, uh, the, the issue of, of the design proletariat is not able to be solved by the design community itself. Mm-hmm. What the design community is going to be doing, like I, I think one viable option is to bring more people to this side while on the same while on the same time filling in the gaps with artificial intelligence and non non-human um production of of the, mm-hmm. the um, in the types of problems that uh that these people are solving but essentially it's an external pressure thing so um i i would say I would say is just a matter of uh, the the maturity of, of our whole civilization rather than the design community itself. Right. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, you're right in that. That the problem is too big for one little. I mean, like the design community to solve, and it also makes me think about again the kind of you know what's going to happen with with the the class of people so to like make another analogy at least in sweden there used to be something called like ice block carriers so this was right before refrigerators were introduced on a mass market so they were the job was manual labor carrying blocks of ice Mm -hmm. Um, and when refrigerators came along automating that work completely wiped out another thing you know like typesetters so my you know my dad was a was an art director in the in the you know, 70s 80s 90s uh with the advent of, of computers and something we talked in the first ep- episode kind of design software and things a whole almost class for a whole niche of design kind of work or you know, you know if you want to define it as design work but type typographic masters whatever you want to call them where we're displaced or replaced uh so, so you, you this just kind of makes you makes you wonder that it, so but i do think we can agree that uh, uh upskilling education and, and maybe um a, a hope that something we talked in the last episode design design education that some of those things that the, it will mature and, and evolve and become even more accessible than it is today to kind of uh provide a, a aid to to uh yeah the uh, hand reaching out so to speak yes i think uh, i i think um this happened a lot with the sciences if 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 we want to draw parallels from from the last episode i think um i think compared to the uh to the rest of the um, the the buying power uh, in in places uh, in in generally underprivileged places like India uh, or um, or the Soviet Union back in the day, mm. um, actually scientific education was was a big um, like the the opening of scientific education was was something that did create a big a big difference in in the day to day and created lots of opportunities. So. In 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 the same uh, type of way, I think that uh, focusing on education and giving, you know, just giving basic design principles, uh, treating them to, treating them the same as uh, language or mathematics mm. in in elementary schools, and mm-hmm. and we get and 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 get uh, people interested in in that sort of approach and uh, creative problem solving, essentially. Uh, not so much, not so much arts and crafts, which in in my design education they were more about entertainment. They were not so mm-hmm. much about problem solving. They were mm-hmm. sort of more expressive, or or entertaining. Like um, mm-hmm. you could take m- your mind off of the boring stuff, and you would draw the Power Rangers on you know on on your sheet of paper or some other form of creativity hmm. but we didn't have much of a creative problem solving okay uh in our arts and crafts um uh, classes in elementary school or high school hmm. even hmm. so perhaps perhaps design education 
in not just in universities but as a global as a global skill that people should have um it might create new uh new leaps and bounds and create create new classes of uh designers that we haven't even imagined of i, th- I think that's a that's a i couldn't come up with a better way to kind of tie a ribbon around this conversation or i that that kind of ends it perfectly for me uh, unless you have anything else uh. no um, i i think i think there's um we've put some seeds for future conversations in there so i mm. think I think yeah, this, this is a huge topic, and we did yes, as you said, there there is more to to be to be discussed. But yeah, we just wanted to open up this this chest of, of nuggets for you with uh, with uh, this, this this term that we're officially launching. So be sure to to credit us if you ever if you ever use it in conversation. Absolutely. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, I'm Dimi. Um, please subscribe and like and share this conversation with as many people you think uh, they would find it useful. And and I'm Billy. Really, really uh, excited to have you have you with us today. And hopefully, we'll see you in the next episode as well. Take care. Bye, bye, guys. Peace.